Welcome to the Breezy Babies podcast where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 61, Can Birth Control Wreck My Milk Supply? I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hey there, friend. How are you? How's your week going? I am laughing at myself today because I just recorded this whole almost 15-minute video um, live video on my Instagram, and then I totally clicked the wrong button and none of it saved. <laughs> and it was so frustrating because it was this really good video on returning to work, and I had all this really great information in it that I wanted to save to my Instagram so people could go back and refer to it. And that's just how it goes with technology sometimes, right? (laughs) That's like the hardest part of what I do. I love to teach, um, you know, about all the things that I talk about on this podcast, but it's so frustrating when the technology doesn't work. I've even recorded an entire podcast episode here that didn't save. Now, that's super frustrating because that's even longer than 15 minutes. So anyway, that was super fun. And I'm here recording this podcast to talk even more. If I sound out of breath, Yes, I am still pregnant, (laughs) so that's probably why I am coming up on 30 weeks at the time of this recording. So yeah, this baby is getting big and pressing on all my organs and definitely just feeling a little bit more out of breath these days, but I did recently do my glucose test Um, that's always fun, right? Have you done this before where you get to go and drink the super sugary drink? So you're already feeling like kind of sick. At least I don't normally drink really sugary drinks like that. It's really concentrated. Um, and then on top of that, you get to have your blood drawn, (laughs) which is just kind of insult to injury, right? Like, oh, you already feel kind of nauseous from all that sugar you just drank. Well, let's poke you with a needle too. Hope you're okay with needles. (laughs) Not that I, not that I like do too bad with needles, but you know, I don't love to be poked. It's not my favorite thing in the world. So I usually just don't watch. I do okay. Um, So how I kind of set myself up for success that day, I knew I had already had the drink in my fridge at home. They sent it home with me at my last appointment. So I knew that the next morning I would eat a really um, high protein breakfast. I didn't want any carbs at all. Now, for my test, I could eat before. For you, you want to check with your healthcare provider and the glucose test that you're doing because I swear I remember not being able to eat anything at all with my other kids. 
But for this one, my midwife said, nope, you can still eat in the morning, but I didn't want to eat a bunch of carbs that would spike my blood sugar and possibly cause me to fail the test. So I had these like keto breakfast sandwiches that were just all protein, no carbs, ate that in the morning. Um, I didn't have my usual, like, I do have protein waffles, but still they're carbs <laughs> and orange juice in the morning. I skipped over that. I just went for all the protein that I could get in, drank my drink and took off to go get it over with. And luckily I passed, which I'm really happy about because I did not want to have to do that again. So you know what, if you are pregnant as well, you have to do this glucose screening test soon. My fingers are totally crossed for you that you will pass as well. Not only for one less thing to worry about because gestational diabetes is not something, you know, it's not horrible, but it's just one more thing to think about, not only through the rest of your pregnancy, but also through delivery and checking blood sugars with your baby after being born. So it's just, you know, one less thing to worry about if you do pass the test. So I hope that you pass your test. <laughs> Today is part three. This is the last part of the series on pregnancy and milk supply. So if you are just tuning in for the first time, you may want to go back and listen to part one and part two. Part two was, um, I, it's called pregnancy series. Can I get pregnant while breastfeeding? Okay. Part two was pregnancy series breastfeeding while pregnant. Is it allowed? Because that's the question that I get a lot. Can I breastfeed while I'm pregnant? Is that something that's allowed? Because most healthcare providers will tell you, no, it's not okay. Um, so, you know, if you want to know about that, you better go listen to part two. Today is going to be very specific to birth control and what it can do to your milk supply. The main message that I want to share with you today is going to be that different birth controls, and I'm going to be talking about all the different options, kind of what's included with those. Um, there's not a one size fits all. There's going to be people who tell you, oh, I do this specific birth control and it doesn't affect my supply at all. And my doctor told me that it absolutely will not decrease my milk supply. Now that could be true for them, but that may not be true for you. So it takes a little bit of trial and error when it comes to birth control, but just know that yes, your birth control can affect your milk supply. It can decrease your milk supply. So if you're having unexpected or unexplained dip um, low supply, then this is something that you and your IBCLC are going to want to look at and go over and consider as you are looking at the different options of why your supply could be low. So this episode was supported by a Kelly Mom article called Birth Control and Breastfeeding. So that would be a good place to go and do a Google search, Kelly Mom Birth Control and Breastfeeding, if you want to read a little bit more about this. But I'm going to kind of touch on all the main points today. So... um. We will just jump into our top three tips. And really, the whole point of this episode today is to help you meet your family planning goals 
but not at the expense of your breastfeeding goals. So can you have both? Yes, you can meet your breastfeeding goals and your family planning goals. Um, so let's discuss some options. So tip number one for you is the LAM method of birth control. Okay, this may be a good fit for you. You may hear this and say, oh, this is not a good fit for me. Totally fine. You can always take or leave whatever you hear on this podcast. So LAM stands for lactational amenorrhea. So that's kind of a really long word. Um, The M probably stands for method, (laughs) I'm guessing. But what this pretty much means is that... um, when you are exclusively breastfeeding your baby, okay, exclusive. So that means probably for just the first six months of your baby's life, then you are often um, not having a period. You are not bleeding. Um, you are not having a cycle for at least three to six months or sometimes longer. Okay. So that is called lactational amenorrhea. So what fully breastfeeding means is that your baby just gets breast milk for nourishment. They don't get anything else, no formula, nothing else. They are just at the breast for all of their needs. So what that does is that frequent sucking at the breast releases hormones that tells your body to to not start your period, and it does not begin that monthly preparation for a new pregnancy. Anytime that your baby stops sucking at the breast, or maybe you aren't pumping as often, if you go a longer stretch of time, that triggers your body to prepare for another pregnancy. And sometimes that is manifested by your period starting. Sometimes your period never starts and you still can get pregnant. (laughs) Sometimes that happens. So of course, this method is not 100%. And there are really strict things that you have to follow. You can only go so many hours between feeds. Um, If you ever have your baby sleep through the night just one time, um, sleeping through the night is considered four to five hours long, then going that long stretch of time can be enough to trigger your body to start your menstrual cycle again. So this may work for just a certain period of time for you, or it may be something that you are not interested in. (laughs) So that was tip number one about the LAM method. If you would like a different method, let's move on to tip number two which where we can talk um, about birth control options, we're going to talk about hormonal versus non-hormonal. Okay. So first of all, you should know that just because you're taking birth control, that should not prevent you from breastfeeding. Okay. Um, Most any form of birth control is going to be compatible with breastfeeding. It's going to be safe for your baby to continue to get your breast milk and to continue to be at the breast or have you pumping or whatever you do that works for you. So let's break this down. Number one, there is a hormonal option. Okay, so this usually 
um, is birth control that has estrogen in it. It can be a combination pill. And again, it's not considered dangerous to a breastfed baby. But what can happen is that estrogen in your birth control can cause a serious decrease in your breast milk supply. So you might be thinking, well, what if I wait until my baby is older to start a birth control with estrogen in it? It still can decrease your supply. In fact, it's very likely to still (laughs) decrease your supply. Um, In fact, Thomas Hill, who is a real expert on medications and breast milk, he said mothers who have problems with milk production are those who are breastfeeding an older child one year one year older or more should be especially cautious. Okay. So even if your baby's over a year of age, you should still be especially cautious, maybe even more cautious than with a younger baby. If you start a birth control with estrogen in it. So yes, a small amount of that synthetic hormone of estrogen um, from your birth control will enter your milk, but there's no evidence that it's going to be dangerous to your baby. Um, Now, if your baby is younger than six weeks old, they may have some difficulty metabolizing that hormone. So for that reason, it's not ever recommended to start a hormonal contraceptive until your baby is at least past six weeks old. Okay. So overall, um, you know, birth control with estrogen, it's probably going to decrease your supply. There's a really good chance of it. So now let's talk about non-hormonal. Okay. So on the other hand, this is a progestin only form of birth control. This is most commonly known as the mini pill. Okay. You probably have heard of the mini pill before, but this can also be, um, uh, the Depro, the Depo Provera. Okay. So that's where they inject birth control. This could also be a progesterone-releasing IUD, such as the Marina or the Skyla. This could be a birth control implant, such as um, Implanon or Nexplanon. I might be saying these totally wrong, but you guys know these different birth controls. You probably have heard of so many of these before. So here's why the mini pill is the most common out of all of these options because you can start the mini pill. And then if you notice that it's decreasing your milk supply, you can stop it. If you do something like get the Depro-Provera injection, that's going to last at least 12 weeks. In fact, you could see effects from that injection, that birth control injection lasting up to a year. So you're going to be stuck. (laughs) If you notice a dip in supply, there's no going back. There is no taking it back. Um, Having an IUD implant um, or an implant put in, those usually last three to five years. Of course, you could have it taken out, but that's a little bit more of a commitment. So what's usually recommended is that you do a trial of progestin-only pills, aka the mini pill, for a month before deciding on kind of a longer-term form of birth control, something that you're going to have to commit more to. Okay. So then if you do well with the mini pill, then you could say, all right, maybe I will try the injection to have more of a long-term solution. Now, I do find that there are women whose supply drops significantly even 
with things like these non-hormonal birth control. Okay, that does happen, even though technically it shouldn't happen. (laughs) So if you do notice that and you're taking the mini pill, you can simply just stop taking it. It's really easy to do. Um, Now, on this website, it said, um, note that progesterone-releasing IUD delivers its hormones directly to the lining of the uterus, which only leads to a slight increase in progesterone levels in the bloodstream, much lower than found with the progesterone-only pill, aka the mini pill. As a result, there is much less chance of side effects from the progesterone um, than from the injection or mini pill. Okay, does that make sense? So pretty much what that's saying is if you have an IUD, um, it is more likely to only affect the lining of the uterus instead of a pill that is entering your bloodstream and affecting your whole body. So again, this is what I'm talking about. It's not a one size fits all. One mom might do really well with an IUD while another does even better with the mini pill and vice versa. Okay, so you kind of have to um, play around with it. You have to find the right fit because there have been families who do use the IUD, such as the Marina, and they did find that their milk milk supply decreased. Okay, here's a little side note for you. It's very, very important to take the mini pill at the same time every day. And just so you know, there are no sugar pills. There's no throwaway pills with the mini pill. You take it every day (laughs) at the same time. Um, So you know what, just as an overall note, just please, please, please make sure that you're taking your birth control properly. Um, You know, (laughs) that's really important. And again, the mini pill may be the preferred one, but it still um, could cause some problems for you. So if nothing else, most will wait until the six to eight week postpartum um, to give birth control. But this is something that you need to talk about with your significant other, with your healthcare provider, and just make sure that you are finding the right fit for you. Okay. The third one, we're going to talk about barrier methods. This is going to be a pretty quick one. Um, you know, these are things like diaphragms, condoms, male or female, spermicides, cervical caps. Um, these work very locally at the site, so they really don't have an effect on milk supply. Now, that's great, but as far as being effective um, method of birth control, maybe not so much. (laughs) Or maybe it does work really well for you. So you know what, if you love barrier methods, and it works well for you, and the other methods that I've talked about do decrease your supply, then this might be a great option for you. The bottom line is, if you notice that you have low milk supply, or your baby is not gaining weight, especially after starting your choice of birth control, no matter which one you choose, That is something to take into consideration. You can temporarily stop your birth control and see if your supply rebounds back up. Try a different birth control option in the meantime. Mothers who have problems with milk production and those who are breastfeeding an older child when you're older should be especially cautious when trying new methods of birth control. So... There you have it. (laughs) Does that help give you a little bit of direction on different options for birth control? 
Um, option number one that we talked about today was the LAM or lactational amenorrhea. Option two that we talked about was birth control options, both hormonal and non-hormonal. And then option number three, we talked about barrier methods. Now, as I was talking through this, I'm sure that you were listening and thinking, oh, this one is the right one for me. That's the first one I'm going to try. Great. Go ahead and go for it. You know now the things to watch for, um, but just know that you can find the right fit for you. You should not have to choose between your family planning methods and your breastfeeding goals. You can totally meet both. So I hope you are feeling more confident through this all. Of course, if you ever have any specific questions for your situation, you can always send me an email. I always list that in the show notes, or you can come and connect with me on Instagram at breezy babies. That's where I like to hang out a lot and answer DMS for you. And if nothing else, you can always set up a telehealth consult with me to get your specific questions answered. A lot of time, your insurance may even cover that. If you want to find out if your insurance does cover consults with me, just visit breezybabies.com. You can click on the telehealth consults and there's a little button where you can put in your information um, through lactation network to see if your insurance will cover three consults with me. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. I know you have a million other things that you could be doing during this time. So I so appreciate you coming and hanging out with me. I hope that you have a great rest of your week. Of course, I'll be back next week for more fun. And I'm going to leave you with you are strong. You are smart. You are beautiful. You are a good friend to all. Bye-bye.